G'day Dive Buddies and welcome to the show. My next guest needs very little introduction to those of us working in the industry. He's packed so much into his diving career so far, it is ridiculous. So much so that on a recent webinar, the host introduced his career timeline and it took almost four minutes to complete. So, here's the shorter version. He has been a dive shop owner, a paddy course director, an underwater explorer, a mohawk-wearing drummer in a band called Psycho Reptiles. He has provided hundreds, if not thousands, of presentations and news articles on scuba diving, and he has been the Global Director of Technical Training for SSI. He's provided professional advice for films and TV productions, and is the co-owner of Raid Training Agency. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Toomer is also the El Presidente of Raid Training Agency. There's the shorter version. Paul, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> El Presidente. Love oh, yeah. it. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna stick, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna buy the I'm gonna buy the shoulder pads and the middles, definitely. And, and a big and a big cap. <laughs> How the devil are you? How's uh, how's life treating you with uh, with everything we're going through this year? Uh yeah, I'm 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 good. Um obviously challenged like everybody in every industry. Uh, you know, uh, okay, there's some industries that are really doing well um, during the pandemic, uh, but um, the scuba industry has been heavily, heavily hit, as we know. Um, but I've got I'm very, very lucky that I've got a fabulous team that work directly with me. And then, obviously, we uh, we were uh, we sold the company about uh, two years ago, and we were merged with a company called Calcome, uh up in um, Dallas, Texas. Um, and they're, uh, they're, they're a very strong entity and they're very, very supportive of raids. So mm. we're, we're extremely lucky to have them um, sitting with us and helping us work on initiatives and moving the company forward. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in fine spirits, actually. Um, you know, I'm, as always, being a tumor, um, whether you're me, my sister, my dad, my mom, my wife, you're born lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My old man always said that uh, as a waters, we, we get our luck in other ways. We never get the financial look of a, a lottery windfall, but uh, uh, lucky in life. Uh, yeah, my, my grand, yeah, my granddad said, just, just before he died, actually, he said, better to be born lucky than rich. And he's, he's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, give us a, there's going to be people, obviously, that listen to the podcast that may have actually not heard of you. Um, and everyone's got uh, to start somewhere. So... Can you take us way back to where you, you first found a, a love for diving and how it all came about? Uh, yeah, so uh, 1996, um, 31 years old, and um, my friend phoned me up and said, hey, I'm at a ski show, and uh, there's a dive outfit here called Diving Leisure, and the guy there is really cool, and um, you know that the government are funding you can get MVQ funding to learn how to dive. I was a motorcycle courier in London at the time. I'm okay. playing in the rock band as a semi-pro. And uh, so I said, well, how much is it? So he said, if we sign up to go up to instructor, and he said, and bear in mind, we can opt out if we want. Mm. Uh, it's 99 quid to learn to dive. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in, man, I'm in. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we rode down to, to Poole in Dorset and arrived at this dive center. 
uh, there was my sister, my brother-in-law, uh, and I think there was, there was 10 of us who are best mates. We all rocked up. We took over the dive center, lock, sock and barrel. Um, <laughs> we rode down there on our bikes, as I say, uh, and we met uh, two wonderful people in uh, Steve Axel and Phil Short. Uh, a lot of your listeners will know who Phil Short is because he's an extraordinary uh, instructor, trainer, trainer. He's on the board of directors of INTD, I think still. Um, you know, uh, expeditionist of note, uh, works with probably the best expedition teams in the world. Uh, so I was very, very lucky that uh, I got Steve uh, and I got Phil as my instructors. Yeah. Uh, I got into the swimming pool. I did my regulator clearing skill. I stood up to be debriefed and uh, Steve looked at me and he went, what's up? And I went, I think I found my life. And that was it. Within six months, uh, I was a dive master in training. I had my store already uh, secured and we started um, putting all of the, the trimmings into the store and having the compressor fitted. On the weekend that the shop opened, I did my instructor exams. So my <laughs> wife and my, and, uh, and my sister opened the shop for me while I did my instructor exams. Wow. Um, so yeah, to say I was bitten by the bug would be an understatement. Then I, I went on to be, I focused very much on recreational, um, became a course director in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, extraordinary two weeks of my life working with um, you know some of the best divers in the world uh, and trading ideas and training business ideas and whatever that really really set me up and then I just happened to go on the liverboard in the Red Sea with my friend Tony Backhurst and we swam over a wreck that was way beyond recreational depth so we went down and had a look at it. so yeah we went down and had a look at it and I was watching my gauge on my little 12 litre cylinder I'm going Man, we can't stay here long and it just it looked so magnificent so i immediately got stuck into tech mm. uh i did all the open circuit and then when i was uh full i became a full trimix no no i was i was i was hot i, I became a full trimix open circuit diver and then i moved straight onto rebreather and then i i pursued my instructor on on both of those then i sold my shops in london and then i opened uh, diving matrix and I, by coincidence, moved to Malta. Um, I, I went over there for a week and stayed for three months. Uh, <laughs> and then I came back and got, got my truck and got my motorcycle and drove, drove down to Malta. Yeah. Uh, got myself a flat and a shop. Uh, and, and Diving Matrix was incredibly successful. And then uh, during that time, I was approached by SSI to uh, take on the role of the UK in, in like kind of training director. Yeah. Um, and then uh, um, I went for an interview with Robert Stoss and Guido, and then they offered me the European training director, and then they offered me global training director. Uh, and then two years later, they moved with Maurice, Um and I just, I, I was very, very happy at SSI, two of the best years of my life. Um, working yeah. with Robert and Guido and, and Doug McNeese was, it was genuinely incredible times, because they, they were incredible to me. Uh, and they, they really, you know, they didn't think outside the box. They, they, they threw the box away. Um, and, uh, and then just this opportunity of Ray just landed in my lap and it was a natural thing for me to do was to move forward, uh, and, and start my own training agency. I'd, I'd, I'd had all the good training that I needed. Um, I'd worked with some incredible people and I thought, yep, let's do it. So, and that was it. That's basically the full story. Well, here we are. Here we are today. <laughs> Sitting in lockdown, drinking cups of tea. 
absolutely yeah i've got a nice coffee i've got i've got a uh, toasted peanut butter sandwich sitting next to me but uh, i don't chew that while i'm on air uh, no no <laughs> you can keep that one to be fair i mean going off uh, going off as tangent as i do um thinking of toast i'm now addicted because i've been living in australia like two and a half years i'm now addicted to vegemite and avo on toast uh if you'd have told me that three years ago i wouldn't have believed it i was always marmite all the way uh <laughs> Uh, it, it's a love-hate relationship, man. I can't even. I can't even say those words. I hate that stuff so much. Right? <laughs> let's let's swing back round to Raid, shall we? Raid is is very very much still in his kind of in its infancy, isn't it? In comparison to the other agencies that have been decades of of, of being open and, and, and doing business. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think. I think because we came storming onto the market so heavily and we did such an incredible job of getting the kind of face of raid out there and we've got, you know, we've, we've had some incredible people join us, you know, Steve Lewis, Jill Hyness, uh, Ed Stockdale, you know, very well-known people all around the world, PJ in South Africa, so on and so forth. Um, we've had all of these incredible people join us. So, uh, we really came out the starting blocks really really fast um and i think most people forget that uh, barry coleman who's the founder of the company founded this company about 15 years ago um right. and then at that at that time it was owned by poseidon because it was a rebreather the rebreather association of international divers and it catered for the poseidon rebreather that was it yeah um and then as uh, other training agencies wanted to um, be involved with the Poseidon rebreather. Barry took the uh, raid on himself, but obviously at that stage, you know, lost the financial strengths of, uh, of, of Poseidon. So he did a terrific job by himself of putting more courses up and keeping the name going. But effectively phase two of, of raid is, is only seven years old mm. since we really revamped the product and got everything really, really flying. And our opposition are, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. Yeah. You know, uh, these guys have got hundreds of years of training agency uh, experience between them. We've, we've really, uh, under the new guys, got seven years. Yeah. Um, so when, you know, I, quite often I have people going, oh, you know, but so-and-so does that, but you don't. And I'm like, well, you know, come back to me in 45 years and we'll, we'll have it. You know, we'll have all yeah. of that stuff. You know, yeah. the fact that we've got to where we've got is just testimony to you know, the um, Jim Holiday and uh, his son, Brendan and Mark McCrum, uh, Steve Bates, Steve Lewis, um, Barry Coleman, his wife, Celia, you know, we've really, really gone above. They've gone above and beyond to, to get us to where we are in seven years. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, COVID has not, you know, yes, it's very, very difficult for the company like it is for every single person in most industries, not just Skiba. It's an incredibly hard time for us all, but as always, this team has risen to the occasion. It's you know, it's a very very good good thing, and we've you know we've not furloughed anyone, we've not got rid of anybody, we've not downsized at all. I mean, saying that we are we're a very very slim entity anyway. We're not a top heavy company. Um, our distributors are still utterly fantastic, and they're out there. You know, I been speaking to our uh, our Asian team and our Singapore team and our South African team and Swiss team. I speak to them regularly. 
they're all out there active um, and they, they're still fully behind the product. So, you know, we, we, we pray for the end of uh, COVID-19, but the team have approached it um, globally like, you know, let's take a silver lining out of this. You know, what can we do for our members? How can we reinvent our company? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you just look at our initiatives. Those initiatives are triggered by COVID, but they're not going to go away when COVID ends. They're here for life. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going, I'm not going to introduce anything that's just for COVID. Everything mm -hmm. that I do is going to, is well thought out by the team and RAID will bring initiatives in that are going to stay for life. So free learning won't go away. Remote learning won't go away. The Nitrox app won't go away. The magazine won't go away. The newsletter won't go away. Um, so, you know, it's, we've drawn the silver lining out of this rather than sitting there and going, oh, you know, doom and gloom, oh, woe is me. Yeah. You know, we have, as a, as a training agency, you have huge responsibility. All the dive centers out there, all the instructors out there, the instructor trainers, the dive masters, the divers, the validity of the certification, the dive centers, the distributors, you know, there's so much responsibility you have as a training agency once you open those doors. Because mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? Oh yeah, COVID is a bit hard. You know, we're going to downsize. I'm sorry, we won't service you anymore. You know, well, yeah. you know, people have invested their business with rates, so we will, we will fight. We will continue to fight, and we will fight hard. And in actual fact, in the coming months, we're going to get a bigger punch bag, and we're going to get bigger gloves, and we're going to do bigger initiatives. So I'm, I'm quite excited, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> I'm itching as well. Yeah, it's it's like getting a little taster. Oh, it would it would be so great if I could uh, take your listeners inside uh, confidence and you know just show us show them you know actually how our meetings go because you know when when James Rogers, Steve Lewis, and I get on a call and mm. we 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 don't have a box you know we we don't think inside the box we don't think outside the box we threw the box away it's gone yeah. you know yeah. uh, we've kicked it so far down the road and you know everything is just kind of well you know could we do that uh, wow. That's never been done in this industry. So what does that mean? Do it means that we can't do it or should we have a look at it? Let's have a look at it. Oh, actually, yeah, we could do that. All right, so what's the ramifications? Da, 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 da. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so bloody exciting. Well, to be fair, I mean, you know, we're only talking seven years, but in those seven years that you've hit the market and at full pelt, um, thinking outside or throwing that box away, like you say, has paid off. I mean, to examples that spring to mind uh, you know training in a neutrally buoyant position you know that was never done before and when it when it first came in everyone uh, I'm sure quite a few people would laugh about it but a few years down the road and now the majority of agencies are following suit and doing everything neutrally buoyant um, yeah I mean it's uh uh I, I honestly it, it it's incredible when uh I'm sitting as the ex-training director, and it was really me and Mark McCrum uh, and Barry uh, with, with Jim, the old CEO for RAID, we, we were sit, sat together and we said, look, how do we make this a bit different? And obviously with Barry and I on, on our rebreather and technical training, Jim, had, Jim and Mark had worked with us at SSI and he'd seen us in the water and he was like, and we should bring that to the recreational world, right? I mean, is it hard to teach someone nutrient point? I'm like, no just as long as you don't lose control. So, you know, we just need to establish some control protocols. If it's all going, you know, out the window, then use uplines or hang bars or, you know, if, 
worst comes to the worst, then yeah, just put your fingertips on the floor to maintain control of your students. But the skills themselves should try and do them neutrally buoyant. Mm. And I suppose the big thing out of it was I've yet to meet an instructor that's not proud of being an instructor, right? Mm. You know, you and I were talking before we started this and I said, what are you? And you went, I'm an instructor, man. And it's just like, yeah, we're proud of being instructors, right? So what Raider's done is the desire is to make being an instructor, when, the, when someone is sitting watching an instructor work, that, inst that instructor has become aspirational. And they don't have to do anything in particular. They just have to demonstrate the skills mutually buoyant. And the student is just sitting there in utter awe oh, that yeah. this person has such control of the aquatic environment. This instructor can move backwards, left, right, up, down, diagonal, you know. Mm -hmm. And the guy is just the guy or the girl is just sitting there and they're just taking their mask off and putting it back on and clearing it and they're not moving anywhere in the water. What does the student want to do? The student wants to get there as quick as possible. Mm. And you know, I, I was watching um, my, uh, uh, my my friend uh, um, John Kendall, J.K. I was watching him teach uh, a fundamentals course, and uh, he taught it so well that at the end of the course you couldn't tell who was the instructor and who was the diver. Really. That's, a, that's an aspirational instructor for you, right? Yeah. When you look, you, you're sitting in the water and day one, yes, you can see who the students are. Day two, you can still, but by day five or six or however many days he ran that course over, it was a GUE fundamentals. We're all sitting in the water and I'm going, which one's JK? Ah, oh, it's the bald one. <laughs> 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 but, you know, that's kind of where you want to be as an instructor. You know, I, mm. my, I, I always aspire to say, you know, have my students in the water and you, they are just as good as me mm. uh, because then they become the masters of our sport, don't they? Um, you know, the big problem with our sport and we, you and I have spoken about this for years is the industry stakeholders are too old. Yeah. Uh, they're not in touch with, with what's going on on the ground. Um, and uh, my dream is I'm 55 next weekend uh i you know i i want to i'm nurturing guys to come up um to take over um and follow in my footsteps and you know bring the latest technology and advancements to raid mm. because that that person needs to be relatively young i don't want to be the president of raid at 65 70 years old i don't i don't mind being the face of raid and you know going out and doing the dive shows and doing all of that stuff and biting off certain projects but some, you know, it, this position needs to be someone who's fit, strong, diving often, you know, in touch with what um, the modern diver wants out of a training agency. So, you know, this, this rate is, rate is such a cool thing, really. <laughs> it is, it is. And, you know, you've only got to look at the examples of the, the dive professionals out there that do become raid. They are the cool kids. I mean, I'm sorry to say it, you know, I'm, I'm multi-agency, but... You know, raid is kind of, it's almost against the grain, isn't it? You know, oh, you, you're meant to go to dinner wearing a tie and a shirt. Well, I'm going to rock up in a t-shirt and show me tattoos off, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I had a, I had a brilliant one a few years ago. Uh, I, um, I did a, um, a talk at Dima for Paddy. And um, I was obviously very, very nervous. And um, I wore a, a button-up shirt with a long sleeve T-shirt underneath. And uh, I was walking to the stage. So I'm wearing, you know, tight jeans, 
big pair of boots, spiky hair, earrings. Uh, I had my eye pierced and my nose pierced still in those days. And uh, I'm walking around the back and the guy said, look, he said, oh, I've got a bit of a problem with the way that you're dressed. And I'm like, oh no. I said, oh, look, I don't have any, anything smarter. I don't own anything smarter than this, you know? Right. I'm a drummer, a guitarist. I mean, a, a drummer, a motorcyclist, and and a diver. That that's you know very very cut and dried what I am. Yeah. And he's like, no no no. He said you're overdressed. I'm like, I'm like what? He said, we need to see your tattoos. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And uh, he said, no, you know, we 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 want to uh, be cutting edge at Paddy. We want to be out there, you know. And tattoos are now kind of, you know. In actual fact, if you want to be an individual now, don't get tattooed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, you know. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, uh, I think I think there's a lot more rock and roll in it. But but Raid is is a full on rock and roll agency. You know? Sure. Yeah, you know, everything's fast, dynamic, agile. Uh, most of us ride motorcycles. There's a lot of musicians in the agency. You know, we're snowboard. Uh, I'm learning to surf next week. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we climb. Um, if you if you have a look at what the the guys who contribute to Raid um, do, they're they're all very very active. Uh, and the Calcume guys, wow man, you want to see what they get up to? <laughs> Seriously, they're really? you know, they, yeah, boats, skippering, snowmobiles, skidoos. You know, you, you you get on the phone with them, you're like, what did you do this weekend? You're just sitting there going, wow. My life is dull. <laughs> they get up to some serious stuff. Some very cool guys at Calcamay. You know, yeah. they're a they're an absolute perfect fit. You know, when we sold to them, the worry is we're selling to an outdoors adventure licensing company. You know, and is this going to be a good fit? Honestly, man. You know, those most of the guys at Calcamay are not my working colleagues. They're my friends. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. They, sorry. I hope that, how's it? Um... How's it looking going forward with them then? Um, is there going to be any major changes or are they just, no. we're in and you guys carry on and run it? Uh, you know, me, me and uh, the CEO of the company, Jason Alexander, uh, I mean, if you open the Edge magazine, you'll see him sitting right next to me. He sits mm. right next to me every single day of my life, um, provides me with all the advice and support I need. And that just trickles down to the marketing department with Jake and, the uh, information technology with Kevin and the uh, uh, product management with uh, my guy, my man, Peter, who's really, you know, keeps me in check yeah. uh, and Anil and, uh, you know, I could name these guys for us. They're fantastic, fantastic people. Yeah. Um, with this merger um, was in every way, shape and form a great thing for Ray to do because we've, we've, we joined a very, very exciting company or hands on with Ray. We're not just, you know, sitting, uh, sitting there like, you know, just some object that's acquired by private equity. When the private equity firm acquired us, they merged us with such a well-fitting partner. And, mm. you know, I mean, really, by rights, you know, we should be called Calcame Dive. We shouldn't be called Raid anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, it just so happens that Raid's really cool, you yeah. know. So, <laughs> you know, but we're, um, we're a well-respected, well-looked-after, well-partnered piece of that company. And I personally, since the minute we signed that contract, I just, I just slotted in. I, you know, and in, in fact, I slotted in so well, I was due to move to America. Um, but unfortunately, things changed at Raid and we had a, we had a bit of shift in management. And uh, 
you know, uh, and, and I, I ended up becoming the president and it, I, I decided why don't I just stay solid where I am so I can mm. concentrate on learning how to be the president and doing my job effectively uh, and, and propelling the company forward. The move to America may have taken, you know, some of that time away and, you know, and, and it just so happens it just played perfectly because then COVID comes along uh, and during these times, I can tell you, there's not a CEO at any diving company, right, worth his salt that is not working 150% of his time, you know. Yeah. You know, it used to be, a, you know, for most people, it's an eight to 10 hour day. I can tell you now, I don't think uh, my, uh, my, my peers at the other training agencies are working eight or 10 hours. I reckon they're working 15 hours like we all are. Yeah. You know, getting up super early to talk to people, going to bed super late to talk to people, doing anything you can to support and, and maintain uh, your company and make sure it comes out of this in one piece, you know, mm. um, because we've already seen a lot of, lot of um, um, industry get hurt. The funny thing is uh, we've not publicized it and, uh, and, and we won't, but you know, we've seen, we've seen more, uh, inquiries and more people moving over to raid than at any other time in our history but other mm. than right at the start when obviously the numbers are huge i mean yeah. you go from you know go from i've got nobody at the agency to one person <laughs> and one person to two people we're the fastest growing agency in the world i remember yeah. someone saying that I was like, <laughs> yeah we're the fastest growing agency in the world because we grew by 500 percent because we had one instructor last week and this week we've got five <laughs> you know i don't think we can really publicize that i think paddy may you know just just have something to say about that you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been incredible you know um I was talking, I've been in contact with um, my friend Yellen, who runs our Turkish team. Mm. Wow, man, this guy is just kicking it, you know? yeah. absolutely kicking it out of the park. Yeah. And, you know, and South Africa is doing so, so well. Karen in South Africa. And I, I just, I, I'm not getting downers from anybody during this. Everybody mm. is kind of, let's, you know, let's, let's silver lining playbook this thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's just maintain and and, uh, and try and retain as much as we can and, and keep as many of our people safe as possible. That's the thing. Yeah. You can, yeah. we can all hang our heads and say, Oh, woe is me. It's the easy thing to do, but yeah, the, you know, find, find a way through it and crack on with it. Yeah, absolutely. As far as we're concerned, it's uh, it's like a war of attrition, right? Mm. So you just stand there and you unite and you do not falter. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the second that you you're not united, uh, and I, I do believe that this is the next thing that you're going to start seeing in the industry is you're going to see more unification, yeah. not necessarily mergers, but you're going to see a lot more unification where the message from, you know, quarters of the industry will be, uh, will be, will be this, it, it'll be a unified message mm. rather than we've done this and you haven't, and they've done this and we haven't. And mm. isn't it great? You know, we're better than you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in actual fact, we're all in the same boat, you know, yeah. uh, business has not dropped at dive centers because their quality and their service has declined. It's really simple. It's a pandemic. Mm. So everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. And so if everyone's in the same boat and you can find a way to unify, you can make the boat bigger and stronger for when we do come out of this. And, you know, I, it, and it, and it sounds very easy when you say it, but 
we are seeing it across the industry is during these downtimes and these hard times, we've seen a lot of instructors pursue their next passion. So I'm a, a recreational instructor, but I really want to be a tech instructor. Mm. And they've gone on and done that now during the dive downtime. You know, the cylinders could do with a look at, the boat could do with a clean, the dive shop could do with a bit of paintwork on it. Why don't we put those hooks back up and, you know, clean the counters. And so now when people are, I'm, I'm hearing from, from all over the world, you know, as you're being able to travel and do your staycations, we're going to dive centers that were looking a little tired six months ago. And you walk in and they're like, wow, look at this place, man. Because the boss has just gone, well, I've got nothing else to do. I'll get the paintbrush out. I'm not going to let my business go to crap. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really, when my customers start coming back in, they're going to come back to that vibrant business that I had before. And, and we're seeing those changes right across the world because I get photos from these dive centers. You know, I'm friends with a lot of our dive center owners mm. because we're still small enough where, where we can still have that real personal touch with the president of the company. And they send me a photo. Oh, look what I've done. You know, and Hey, you know, my son turned 10 and I, I finally got the time to teach my own son to scuba dive. And, you know, it's just, it's brilliant. Like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of uh, positivity coming out of the industry in such an awfully negative time. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's huge. I mean, it's, I think right at the start, everyone was much the same and, you know, you do get downhearted, but then boredom takes over and you start drumming the thumbs and tapping the toes and wondering what you're going to do and end up, like you say, just revamping everything and making, um, making everything fresh and ready and prepared. Because I do believe once we've got this COVID-19 under control and out of the way that we're going to have a, a travel boom. Everybody is just going to want to travel and get away from, you know, their surroundings that they've been stuck in forcibly for what, what could possibly be a, a year, maybe more. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see several things. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a fundamental difference in the way we do business. Mm -hmm. um, you, all you have to do is just look at Amazon, right? Amazon can't employ people fast enough. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, we're going to embrace uh, digitizing our companies way, way more than we've ever done it before. Um, and RAID is very, very much at the forefront of that. And quietly in the background, we've been upgrading our systems, moving our systems to more current technology. So in the background, while COVID's been going on, our tech team has just been flat out. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and hats off to Calcome. They've given me more guys, more qualified guys, product managers, really focusing on the fact that I believe that, you know, when we come out, this is going to be a huge amount of business done through yeah. there. So making, making it easier to do business with Ray, that's my big thing. Mm. Um, I, I also, I do think you're going to see a huge boom in travel. I also think uh, that the staycation is going to become um, a lot more uh, normal. You know, when you think of holiday, you immediately think, oh, I'm going to jump on a plane, come go to Spain. Hmm. Uh, whereas the mindset now is, oh, I'm going to go on holiday. Why don't I go and see what Dorset's got to offer? Or yeah. what's going up in, what's going on in Scotland or no, Wales or Ireland? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and, um, you know, and, and I, 
I, I, I went out diving last weekend in Plymouth and I uh, spoke to the dive center owner and he said, you know, yes, it was hellish because we were closed. We couldn't, we couldn't run the boats. And we are running social distancing on our boats, so they're not up to capacity. He said, but man, we are rammed. We're booked up to the nines because we've got great diving down here. Uh, we offer great service. Uh, and boy, they did. You know, I went away for a weekend and I felt like I was on holiday. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to have a much more balanced industry mm. where it's not just about I must do a referral and I must go to a resort and do my diving. It's like, I've got, I live on a little island called Great Britain and it's surrounded by ocean. Well, man, have you seen a picture of what the ocean looks like in Cornwall yeah. or up in Oban? Uh, or, you know, I could name a thousand destinations around England where the ocean is absolutely gorgeous. I learned to dive in England in 1996. I went diving last weekend in 2020. I'm telling you, there's more fish life here now than ever before. Really? Oh, the ocean has made a complete resurgence. And all you have to do is drive around England. I'm sure this is happening for you down in Australia. You drive around. There are, the trees are bigger. The forests are larger. There are more birds. I've found insects in my house that I've never seen ever <laughs> in my life. We've got these little uh, green, like grasshoppery type things. Oh, yeah. I've seen, never seen these things before in my life. The seagull, the seagulls down in Bournemouth are the size of dogs, mate. They are absolutely <laughs> ginormous. And the and the the um, the birds up in London, the pigeons. Honestly, mate, they are twice the size that they were prior to COVID. Is it? Um, is this just in, in in relation to you losing so much weight that you feel so much smaller? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they've eaten, they've eaten, yeah, eaten my lard, mate. Yeah. But you know, it's it's due to uh, everything that's happening in the lockdown, nature is, in, in my humble opinion, and I'm sure, you know, some marine biologist or expert may shoot me down for this, but all I'm seeing is a resurgence in animal yeah. life. You know, uh, outside my house here, there's a river. There's like squirrels and foxes, and I saw eels swimming down the river the other day. I haven't yeah. seen eels in that river since I moved here in 2001. Yeah. To, to be know, since I've been doing this podcast, and I've done a fair few interviews now, you know, getting them chucked into the library, and everyone that I speak to around the world, no matter where they are, they're diving their location because there's no guests, so they're just going out fun diving, and they're all echoing what you're saying. Every dive site that they hit Fantastic. is just yeah. a plethora of, of aquatic life. Um, I was speaking to Marcus Blake yesterday, who he was the... Um, the manager for the, uh, the diving at Komodo Resort. And uh, they, they went and did a few dives um, not so far off the, off the front of the wharf there. And they, they've got mantas rolling through that, you know, they've not seen there for, well, in, in the four years he's been there, he's never seen mantas there at all. And everything's nice. rocking up. Sharks, the yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, the guys at Indeep that I was diving with uh, last weekend, in midweek now, they run a blue shark diving experience really? in England. Blue shock in England, mate. Wow. And he oh, says their hit rate's enormous. What's the, name of that, what's the name of those dudes? In deep. In deep. Yeah. I've got a mate who's just recently uh, done his life, lifelong dream to be a scuba diver. So he's been on the phone to me a million times on what I reckon on the equipment he wants to buy. Um, but he's now qualified. So he will be super excited to go down and, and start playing around down there if there's blue sharks about. 
Oh, mate, I'll tell you, it's, uh, uh, it's just absolutely extraordinary. Uh, and and they, they took us on four nice little recreational wrecks. And bloody hell, that fish life was just utterly unbelievable, man. I'm looking it up for you on the internet as we That's speak. Right. Yeah, I didn't want to talk and put you off, you know, because uh, <laughs> yeah, confusion yeah. first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, down in Plymouth they are. Great guy, Plymouth. absolutely great guy. All right. yeah. I've got that. I'll pass it on to him. Yeah, they'll get a big, big, loud mouth fellow turn up on their doorstep. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, or, or me. Yeah, or me. <laughs> the future raid. Give us, give us some little tasters. You can give us a few tasters of of what's going to happen post COVID, maybe. Um. Okay. So. Um, mm, we we're definitely go, we're looking at our business model and and uh making it easier uh as a business to work with raid uh that's a big thing that's all technology driven uh so uh and and then also working with raid as a diver and as a professional so you know how do we streamline registering us with us you know how's you know how how can we make it that you you you're looking at raid and it's two clicks to get to anything and it's all seamless. Uh, marketing will be a huge drive and you've already seen us ramp that up significantly. Mm. Uh, social media drives, all of our distributors and their social media drives, um, the, the newsletter uh, and of course the magazine is our biggest marketing drive that we've done. That has been so well received. Yeah. Um, uh, that that's gone out to tens of thousands of people that magazine and the subscription list is growing and growing and growing on that. And that magazine, it is a raid magazine. Um, and it is powered by raid. Uh, but in actual fact, it's, it's just a magazine, you know, mm. anybody can read it and get great information. You know, there's you know, last, last, uh, the last issue we had trips to Australia and bikini and, uh, and uh, Devon, uh, we had interviews with our dive centers. You got to meet me, you got to meet Jill. Uh, and, and, you know, we, it, it's not, that magazine is not designed as a bespoke raid magazine. There's yeah. only, you know, half a dozen pages at the end of it that talk about updates to raid training. Mm. You know, it's not full of, you know, tons of adverts on, you know, trying to get you to be a raid. If there is, you know, cross over to raid and do your raid dry suit and you know we've released the sancti dry suit course and da da there is that stuff in there but it's not in your face it's a mm. very very you know i've had a lot of my friends who are not with raid um phone me up and and just go wow it was just such a nice read because i, I was expecting it to be this raid 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 everywhere well it's not actually yeah. it's just a diving magazine it just happens to be that raid uh and uh and uh, Kalkamai had the the foresight to get this thing t together with the scuba diver boys and, and release something. And, and that was significant releasing a magazine during COVID. Yeah. You know, w when Jason Alexander gave me the nod on that, you, you know, that just shows you how well um, uh, raid has partnered with the Calcumai guys when during COVID they give you the nod to release a magazine. Yeah. So, the other things, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, of Steve Jobs' uh, kind of philosophy on you know, keeping it simple. Mm. 
the big thing about making something simple is that behind simplicity is a huge amount of complexity. Whereas if you, if you just want to release something really quick, it'll be complex, complex to use, generally speaking. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're looking at, you know, how do we make everything as simple as possible? Uh, and that's, that's been a huge challenge to our tech team and they really are winning on it. Um, so that's going to be big things. We've got the new instructor development program is pretty much ready for release now. Um, a lot of people are translating that already. So we're trying to dovetail a big release on that. Mm -hmm. Um, the significant changer in that is, um, is the, the way that you teach academically. We've, we've changed away from the traditional model where you're standing in a classroom and you have to sell continuing education, you have to sell travel and you have to sell equipment. We've turned those segments into mandatory workshops. So one mandatory workshop that will occur on every course so that it's a lot more natural for the instructor because it feels very, very, it's very stoic and it's very stunted. And most instructors don't like forcing continuing education and travel and, and stuff into a presentation. I mean, how am I supposed to talk about continuing education when I'm talking about an arterial gas embolism? <laughs> yeah. you know, how am I supposed to sell Con Ed and equipment and, and travel when I'm, when I'm talking about you know, physiology and physics? It's not easy to put those things in. So mm. we've just taken them out. So I, I, the beta tests, you know, we beta tested on instructor trainers, instructors around the world, and they were just like in the element. And it, it really does, uh, uh, you know, bind the, the instructor development course uh, very well. So we've, we've, we've really moved away from the tradition, uh, of, you know, because most training agencies still have those modules in their academic evaluations and prep mm. pre preparations and presentations. We, we're not having that anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm not just going to follow the industry norm because the industry says so. You know, uh, I'm, I'm bored of it. Uh, frankly, I'm bored of it. Um, I, I don't think that everything that everybody says is right. And, and for sure, not everything that Raid does is right. Yeah. Um, but we're going to continue to explore uh, and push the boundaries. And when we find that something doesn't, doesn't work, we'll learn from it. And we will, you know, change it and, you know, make it work. But yeah. just, you know, why do we all have to do the same thing? You know, is there no difference, difference between one training agency and, and, and another? You know? Frankly, I don't sit at my desk all day long and look at what my opposition, my friends at the opposition agencies are doing every day because mm. all that does is it's like, oh, well, we need to do that because X, Y, Z did it. No, no, we don't. Yeah. Don't need to do that at all. You know, uh, and you know, I, I, I know this guy called Jared Jablonski, right? Very, very cool man, right? Yeah. And what I love about him is he doesn't appear to sit at his desk and look at what anybody else is doing. And he's written some phenomenal stuff. He's got a firm direction of where he wants the GUE to go. And I find people like that much more inspirational than just going along with the norm, mm. you know? Um, and, and there are many, many people like that in the, market, in, in the diving industry. You just have to look for them. Uh, and, and that's where Raid wants to go. We want to forge our own pathway forward, not just watch what everybody else is doing. Uh, so we've got a playbook coming out as well, rather than just a, an instructor guide. We've got much more of a playbook style thing where it advises the instructor on, on what to look for and how to behave when working. Got a new instructor trainer program obviously coming out with it. We've revamped our standards from front to back uh, because a standards document, 
can be uh, it, it's it's the foundations on which an agency stands, right? Yeah, you know, for sure. If the standards are ambiguous or can be read several different ways, you've you've got ultimately got to be able to defend it. So what we've done is we've made it a lot more obvious as to what we're saying, and rather than have a section that's dedicated to ratios and a section that's dedicated to ages, why don't we just write four extra lines into each one of the training standards and tell them directly for this course, if you've got 10 year olds, you're only allowed two 10 year olds in the, mm. in the water mm. and you're allowed a maximum of two 15 year olds with them. And if you've got this, you're allowed that. If you're teaching a 10 year old, you can only take them to X meters. If you're doing this course, you must do this. Uh, so effectively, and it's primarily focused on a new instructor to read. But when a new instructor reads the first, the standards for the first time, it's daunting. Yeah. And what we want to do is we want to take that away. The guy opens the thing. He says, I'm teaching an open water 20 course. He clicks the hyperlink to go to open water 20 and pretty much all the information, all the standards are there. He doesn't have to bounce around the manual. Yes, he has to understand ethical codes of conduct and uh, he has to understand the rules of membership and he has to understand when judgment and when to reduce ratios and when he's allowed to use maximums and when she can do this and when they can do that. But when you open training uh, a general standards, wouldn't it be nice if you just opened it up and it said, for this course, this, this is it, right? Yeah. And we, we've also started to not put the training standards into the instructor guides anymore in the instructor guides are what you need to do on the course, not the standards pertaining to the course, because when you're an experienced instructor and you've got your cue card sitting in front of you, you do not actually need to reference the instructor guide every time you go diving, right? Correct. Yeah. What you need to do is reference the standards, make sure you're not breaking any of those, right? Do all your paperwork requirements and all your, your liability stuff and your government, regulations get your wet notes out and teach to the best of your ability hmm. um so we've really want to simplify being an instructor with raid as well and making it a lot more pleasant experience interacting with the product well it does make we've sense got, because that that um sorry to interject there but it does make yeah. sense because if you make it simple for the guy that's presenting the course then the end goal is for those customers that are wanting the course to be not only comfortable and safe but very very happy and enjoy the course. Uh, if, you, if you've got someone who's very stoic and, you know, almost dictatorial, then where's the fun in that? You've just paid a few hundred bucks for, to be, you know, marched around like military personnel on a parade square. Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, and let's be honest, right? Um, we are, you know, we make instructors uh, in 100 hours of diving at rate. Mm. Okay. And the mechanism is not there like you would make a school teacher where the school teacher goes to university for several years. Then they go and work as an apprentice with a very well qualified teacher who is capable of passing on their experience and knowledge. It's a very, very long process, right? Uh, with with some agencies, you can become an instructor in a hundred dives. You know, we're mm. at RAID, we're a hundred hours and two hundred dives, and our dive master course is very much an apprenticeship. But we we are challenged in the diving industry to make an instructor who's responsible for a, a you know a huge amount mm. in those one hundred dives. So 
the more seamless you can make it and the, for that for that person the less frightening it is to them and also the better they can be perform the more complex you make it like I'm, I'm not joking just changing you know the the academic teaching presentation and removing uh the three sections that i did and and making it simpler number one it's simpler to work as an instructor trainer number two our examiners uh find it much easier because they're not having to you know, listen for, well, did he say it? Did he not say it? You know, ooh, it's all very ambiguous. Oh, yeah, I'll give him the point or no, I won't. It, now we've just said, <coughs> the student has missed a question on, uh, 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 on uh, holding your breath, right? Uh, and that's all I want you to teach him. Hmm. I don't need you to push any con ed in there. Don't need you to come in with a BCD or regulators. I don't need you to get... <laughs> You know, I don't need you to get a whiteboard out and I don't need you to, you know, cut a cardboard ear out and put a balloon in it. I don't need you to bring in bottles of soda water and have them exploding all over the classroom, to, you know, to show. You don't need any of that stuff. We've got great manuals. You've got access to videos. Uh, you know, embrace technology. And, mm. you know, we're the masters of prescriptive teaching. Once you've got this the knowledge into the student's head then take the time to really interact with the student so give them a really good equipment presentation and tell them what's appropriate for them to own on that course whether it be a rec course or a tech course or a open water diver you know take your time then tell them about what it's like where we're going to be diving what they're going to see what the environment's like and then take them around the world a little bit make an entire your own presentation out of that Right. Mm. And then finally, take them to the, the flow chart. The flow chart is not meant to be front of house. It's meant to be inside your classroom. Yeah. Con you know, forcing continued on, uh, education on someone is futile. I did all of my continued education out of a desire. I dive a rebreather because I wanted to dive longer. I mm. dive tech because I wanted to dive deeper. I did my advanced rec and my technical recs because I wanted to go inside the rec. I did my cave course because I wanted to explore caves. I didn't do my cave course because Scott Carnahan stood in front of me and said, hey, Paul, you must do your cave course. 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 Eventually, I go, yeah, I'll do my cave course. <laughs> it wasn't, you know. I saw a picture of Scott Carnahan coming out of a cave, and I was like, geez, check out that beardy guy, man. I want to be as cool as him. So oh, yeah. I flew to Mexico and learned to dive with him, you know. So, um, uh, and, and then what you do is you, you take them to the – to the flow chart and you say, you know, these are, these are your options as you go through your diving career, you know, and yeah. we provide all of these services for you. However, we also, we just go diving. Um, and that's the big thing that's coming. So I, I go on a, a, a weekly call with um, quite a few industry stakeholders. And uh, one of them is a gentleman called James Standing, uh, who uh, is one of the owners of Fourth Element. And yeah. he's a very good friend of mine. And he threw me a challenge and he said, we want you to try as an agency and through your kind of, in inverted commas, continuing education, encourage people to go to the ocean and go diving. Mm. Because a lot of dive centers uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of dive centers that you go to 
only offer training now. They've forgotten that actually you can go and get on a boat and you can go to the ocean, mm. right? So how do we encourage people to, to go out and dive, you know? And I'm, I'm rising to that challenge. So that's one thing to keep your eyes on that in the next few months, uh, I've risen to Jane Standing's um, query and challenge. And, okay. uh, and we will do something. And, and I, if I get this and, and my team who are you know, on this one, I'm relying on hell of a lot because this is something that really has never been done before. Uh, I, I would, you know, if it goes well, I'm super happy for all the rest of the training agencies to take it on, you know, this kind of challenge on as well. Yeah. Um, because unfortunately, I, you know, I can't go to every dive center and stand front of house and say, hey, let's just go diving, you know. Um, and everybody has their own kind of business model, but we do have very dedicated people out there in the world um, behind the training agencies. You know, training agencies rely on the dive centers. Mm. So if we can get this whole thing more dovetailed together, so you know, education is not just we just education. You know, why don't we try and help them get on dive boats and encourage them to go out diving, and buy equipment, and go traveling? You know, I think it would make Raid a lot more well-rounded in that respect. For sure. Uh, uh, and, and then, the, of course, there's a ton of new courses coming. Uh, and then, and then we're, we're, you know, again, back to, you know, doing business with Raid easier. That's mm. going to be the, the big one. Well, I'll set a challenge for you. Yeah. Um, if you want to get more people in the water. Um, do something. There's, there's something that I've recognized here. It's only happened in the last eight, nine months or so. But in Sydney, um, just using the usual social forums like Facebook, but a couple of chaps put together um, a group called uh, Viz or Visas or Visibility, something like that. Um, and people, it, it, it asks people that are going out, whether they're free diving or diving, what the Viz was like at a particular place. Oh. So the, 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 the local community will go and dive, let's say Shelley Beach at Manly or, um, you know, but Coffs Harbour, whatever. But they will jump online and give a visibility report for that location. And usually it's with a little footnote of photos coming later. And that group is now over 3000 people just in one city. Wow. Have a go at that oh, yeah, in the UK and see what yeah, happens. I'll go, I'll go and have a look at that. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, if it's, if they are reporting on Manly Bay, of course, David Strike will be uh, giving his reports. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, David, yeah, that that's strike that's strikey's local beach he keeps uh, encouraging me to come down and dive with him and i i tell you the next time i go to australia i'm diving diving shelly beach with david strike that's for sure well, i'll jump in with you mate it's one of my locals it's literally 15 minutes from here fantastic <laughs> well um how are we getting on for time there young man you're good 20 past, 20 past. okay um Let's, uh, let's, let's start bringing the show to a close, all right? Um, now, it is called Scuba Goat, and it's called Scuba Goat for a reason, because I like scuba and I like goats, but also greatest of all time. So, um, quick question. What is, or what was, your greatest of all time dive? Oh. It's possibly the most difficult question you're ever going to get asked this year. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the funny thing is I can tell you what the best song in the world is for me, 
Right, that's dead, dead simple. It's never changed, not, for, not since the song came out. But my favourite dive. Um, okay. Um, uh, I will give my, f- my favourite expedition dive. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've got favourite fun dives. You know, my Attila in, in the Maldives was just an extraordinary night dive. Um, I, I got invited on an expedition uh, by my very good friend, Timmy Gambin in Malta. And we dive a 2,700-year-old amphora wreck. Uh, and yeah, and, and it's in 110 meters of water. Uh-huh. And myself and my friend Jamie had the privilege of um, being the first team in to free up three amphora and a grinding block and putting them into a basket and lifting them to the surface. Uh, and it was an extraordinary, extraordinary experience, um, not just in the privilege that we were allowed to be the first team to start the removal of those, those you know, priceless amphora, yeah. um, but also the fact that, you know, it, it was just, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm speaking for Jamie, I'm sure for him that was, probably one of his golden moments and he's got thousands of dives under his belt. Uh, it was just, it was just something spectacular about it. And then the next day we both went back into the water and we, we found the, the first piece of wood um, lying on the bottom while, while him and I were doing the cleanup. We just, it was just lying there. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't look natural. And it was the one thing that they'd really been excited to find because of, of, you know, all of the, the DNA and isotopes and everything that can be found in, in the wood. Mm. Uh, it, it was just, it was just such a great expedition. The, the team were just utterly mind blowing, but that dive when, when I looked over at him and the, the three and four were in the basket and I was looking over at him and he's emptying this alley 80 into this lift bag and they're going nowhere. And he takes the second alley 80 and he empties it into this <laughs> lift bag and, it's, and it starts its journey to the surface. And I was just sitting there holding my head going, crikey Moses, we pulled this off. It's just utterly astonishing. You know, it was, yeah, yeah it was very, 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 very awesome moment in my diving career. One that, you know, I don't know if I'll ever, ever replicate and, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily need to replicate that moment. It was just, it was just that, you know, kind of loads and loads of things just came in. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, it, we were the lucky ones because it just happened for us. But, you know, every, all the 20 odd other guys that were on that expedition had just worked so hard. And then I just happened to be that lucky diver. They just came loose. And I was like, oh my God, they come loose. <laughs> you know? Because we weren't at all expecting it. We were just expecting to start the freeing up and then the next teams would come down and eventually yeah. they would come loose. But there they were in our hands. I was like, oh my God, look That's at this. A, a little bit of that uh, Tuma look that you were talking about. Oh, mate, I tell you. Yeah, it was just uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Happy days. Well, Paul, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Um, Thank you. I could, go, I could go on for hours, but I'm sure the missus needs dinner time by now at this time of the side of the world yeah. <laughs> so um just give us a, a round off on um how people can uh, you know learn more about uh, raid and everything that's going on we've got the uh, social media links and the, the the pages yeah so um the website's at uh, diveraid.com so www.diveraid.com um 
the uh, uh, main social media feed is generated through Facebook, um, but we have all the all the usual feeds. If you go to um, Dive Raid International, uh, that's through the main pages, and then the satellite pages can be found from there. So if you want local information on like Raid Italia or Raid Southern Africa, Raid Switzerland, Raid Asia, Singapore, Malaysia, all of our different territories, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can go and find much more local localized information uh, by going through the main Raid page. Uh, and uh, on that page is a subscribe button. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, if you if you click the big blue button on the on the international page, it takes you through to a Mailchimp subscription, where then you can get the newsletter for free and the magazine for free straight into your inbox. Happy days! I think Happy I've already done that. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, it's a winner. It's a winner. Awesome. Right, I'll sign off for now. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's been that's been a great great little interview. I've really enjoyed myself, mate. And, and I hope to see you again soon, mate. It's been far too long, buddy. It has, it has. It's been a long time. Well over a year since we had a beer, so we'll have to catch up on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. You take care and enjoy your dinner, mate. Cheers, Paul. Bye bye. This is Scuba Go Go Under the Sea, the podcast for the inquisitive diver.